0: Music
1: Heavenly Father, we come before you in thanksgiving for all the care you have given us through the week that has just gone. We are aware, O Lord, that your church is all around us and we are but a few of its members meeting in togetherness and joy in spite of the virus restrictions. Help us to be aware of the unity of your faith that brings us together and strengthens us. May your Holy Spirit guide us today and the week that lies ahead. Open our hearts, Lord, during this time of worship and bind us together in your love that we may be faithful witnesses to your kingdom, power, and glory. Amen.
2: Good morning and welcome to our online service. It's great to have you with us, as always, as we join together in worship. This will be my last Sunday for a couple of weeks, but our online services will continue. And so please check out YouTube and video to see those services If you have anything you would like to know or any queries or concerns or pastoral concerns over the next few weeks, then please speak to Leonora. Thank you to her and thank you to all those who have been involved in our services over the last number of months during lockdown, and we hope and pray you find a blessing through them in these times. Just a reminder that our doors will be reopening at the end of July. Our first service will be on Thursday, the 30th of July at noon please speak to your elder or let me know or Leonora and we'll get a list together of those people who can be in attendance on the Thursday the 30th and then on Sunday the following Sunday we'll also have another service at 11 a.m. but we'll keep you updated about those things but please speak to Leonora or your elder to find out more information let's continue our service together as we sing all heal King Jesus
0: there was a- death acclaimed its victory, the King of love had given up his life, the darkest day in
1: Eight, verses 1 to 10. Once safely shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand they said to each other this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and saying nothing unusual happened to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was a sta- an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, The chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after praying placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened the rest of the sick in the island came and they were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail They furnished us with the supplies we needed. Amen.
2: Thanks Heather for reading to us this morning. My sister lived in Australia for a number of years and I remember going to visit her and one of the the parts of that whole experience with visiting her was actually traveling to and from Australia. On the way home, I remember it because it took a 13-hour flight from Melbourne into Singapore, an 8-hour layover in Singapore, another 12-hour flight from Singapore to London, another layover in London, and then the flight home to Belfast. It was an extremely long time to be traveling, all just to get home. I also remember another occasion in which I was traveling back from London, and the flight were delayed, and I ended up sleeping in Stansted for the night. On both those occasions, they stick with me because... When you travel and you're on your way home, you just want to get home. You don't want to have to wait in airports for hours and hours. You don't want to have to sit in flights for hours and hours. You just want to get home. Maybe you've experienced that when you're traveling as well. Maybe you experience that on a Sunday morning where you want to get to the destination, you want to get to the end of the service. You'll really notice it when we come back and our doors reopen. You'll not be able to mute the minister or mute the music or fast forward us to get to the part that you like. But in all our lives, we we have that sense within us that need to get to the end point and get there quickly, to get to the destination. And we see that in part of the story of Paul here because from chapter 25, he has appealed to Caesar in the midst of his trials. And as a Roman citizen, he had the right to do that. And so, because he has appealed to Caesar, he will be sent to Caesar. And so, these last number of chapters that we haven't really dealt with in much detail and we haven't really gone over in great detail, and that's really for you to read in your own time, he has been on this journey to get to Rome, to get to stand in front of Caesar. Caesar. And it certainly hasn't been an easy journey for him. He tells us a little bit about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, "'Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in the country, in danger at sea.'" And if you read more than those two verses in chapter 11, you'll see his whole story of what he has been through. But here we find him getting towards the end of his journey because we are approaching the end of our journey through the book of Acts. And this will be our last Sunday that we look at it. And hopefully you've enjoyed that experience. And as we've journeyed through it, you have enjoyed reading parts of it maybe that you haven't read before. Maybe you've been to this last place that Paul lands on before he reaches Rome, because through this shipwreck, through the nights and the days at sea and adrift and the storm that we looked at, they arrive into Malta. In some ways, saved from the despair and all that happened. They were in danger for a large amount of time. Hope seemed to be lost. And Paul stood up, as we told the children last week, and said, have courage, do not be afraid, for I will stand in front of Caesar. That was the destination he was getting to. And the danger and the trial and the tribulation that has surrounded him, which is detailed in Second Corinthians, isn't over yet. Because as Heather read for us, as they come to this place on Malta, the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heap fastened itself on his hand. They said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for although he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or to suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, They changed their minds and said, he must be a God. Of course, Paul in those moments didn't take that glory and didn't assume it was for him, but brushed that off also. And continually, not only in this event at the fireside, but in all those events that we read, when he was constantly in danger or tribulation, he didn't feel sorry for himself or he didn't glorify himself, he glorified God in the midst of them all. And that's because in all these events and all these twists and turns and all that happened to Paul, Paul knew where his destination would be. He knew he was going to get to stand before Caesar He had been told it from Acts chapter 9 and verse 15 where Ananias, who comes to Paul, is told by God, Paul is my chosen instrument, the one who will stand and tell all and proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to kings and to the people of Israel. Paul relies on God and glorifies God in the midst of all those events because so far in Paul's life, God has kept his promises. And Paul holds on to those promises. Because God holds on to his promises. Maybe as we've been reading over the last couple of weeks, and as you've been reading through these last few chapters of Acts, you can relate to these events maybe not because you've been shipwrecked or at danger in the sea for a night and a day, not because you've been beaten with rods or because you've suffered any of what Paul did, because I haven't and I'm sure you haven't. But in a spiritual or emotional or or mental sense, maybe you feel like you've been in the midst of those times at the minute. Maybe you find this time of of lockdown and pandemic difficult and a, a real hardship. Maybe you found it a struggle being isolated or or furloughed or not being able to do what you would like to do. Maybe for some you found it quite easy and a a joy being able to set aside those things which often can just muddy and disrupt our lives and simply fill our lives. But this time has been a time of, of change. It's been a time where we've all been affected in some way by it. Maybe you feel like your world has been rocked, like you're on a a boat that's constantly tossed and turned by the waves of this life. Maybe you feel like those sailors where you you feel lost uh, without a sense of hope. We say to you this morning and encourage you to hold on to God's promises because God will hold on to his promises for you. Maybe you find that hard to understand. Maybe you're not quite sure what those promises might be for you. Maybe unlike Paul, you don't know where your end destination is. The reality is that none of us do. We can't foretell what is going to happen. None of us saw this pandemic coming in and none of us, although we have plans and guidance in place, none of us even know what's going to happen when we open our doors in a few weeks' time. None of us can make steadfast plans because we don't know if a second wave will come. We're still in a sense of uncertainty. We're still in a sense of maybe disruption But in the midst of it all, we hold on to God's promises that he will be faithful to us. He will shower us with love and mercy and grace. He will look after us and protect us and care for us. That's what Paul clung to in the middle of those days desperate situations, in the middle of those times of being beaten by rods, in the midst of of being arrested and threatened, in the midst of his life being lashed, in the midst of being at danger in sea, he didn't hold on to, well, one day I'm going to stand in front of Caesar. He held on to God in the midst of those events. He held on to God's promises that he would be faithful And so he will be today. That's what you can rely on. That's what you can hold on to. That will be what sees us through these days with joy and with certainty and with peace. And as we do those things, as we hold on to his promises, we give him all the glory that is due his name. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you in these times, we acknowledge that we aren't like Paul in this story. We're not someone who can survive the likes of what he was able to survive. We might not have the the stamina or the ability or the sheer mental strength to go through all that he did. I'm not even sure if we were bitten by vipers, could we survive the way that he did. But we look to him as a supreme example of someone who in the midst of extreme hardship and trials kept his eyes firmly fixed on you and on your promises and in the glory of you that was to be revealed through him. And so in the midst of all that we face in these times, in the midst of the joy and the sorrows, in the midst of of the sadness and grief, in the midst of, of the hope that we have as we begin to come out of this lockdown, we pray that we can hold on to your promises giving you all the glory because you hold on to your promises and all glory belongs to you. These are our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to finish this time this morning by singing together our closing hymn, King of Kings, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. Let's sing this together.
0: we conclude our service this morning uh, by saying the words of the grace together, and we say that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.